Hey everybody, welcome to Industry Night with me, Nikki Nellis, the show that takes you on the deep dive of the happenings of the hospitality industry. Uh, and yes, I am wearing the exact same outfit that you saw on the show with Corey Ledolt. Um, that's because I'm doing two shows here at the Wine Lair today, the gorgeous private wine club next to the Ritz-Carlton in downtown DC. This is my very last show at the wine lair, uh, my residency finishes. Um, I'm off for a couple weeks, going to travel in Europe for a bit, and then I'll be back with a brand new home. And I can't wait to share that with you when I do come back. So in the interim, hi, if you're new here, welcome to the show. Uh, a little bit about myself. I've been covering the DC food, wine, and hospitality scene for the last 20 years. The list, areyouonit.com, the online e-zine that tells you every food and wine event happening, of course, every opening, and what hasn't opened and why in coming soon, and of course, all the promotions that are going on in the hospitality industry. And uh, you hear me on WTOP, you tune in to Foodie and the Beast every Sunday at 11 for DC's only food and wine variety show, celebrating 15 years on October 5th. We're very excited. Uh, let's see, you follow me on all the socials at N-Y-C-C-I-N-E-L-L-I-S, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, also known as X, threads and uh, YouTube, because if you're listening to the show, then you should also be watching this show uh, on YouTube and you should subscribe. Um, so usually at this point in the show, I take you on all my eats and where I've been and what I've been doing. But as you know, I just shared that information on my last show. So instead, I'm going to give a shout out before I get into my favorite guest. Um, She's one of my favorite guests because she's been on a lot of my other shows. Um, so Chefs for Equality, everybody, mark your calendars. It is October 30th. Um, it is a seven ring circus. We've been doing it every year. We took a little uh, pandemic break as a lot of people did, but it is the only chef led fundraiser in the DC metro area for the LBGTQIA community. For those of you who haven't been, a little bit of background. David Hagedorn, Amber Fow, and myself started this event uh, 12 years ago. And uh, basically, marriage equality was not available in Maryland. The HRC went to David Hagedorn and said, how can we create some something fun here? He called me and Amber and said, come on, girls, let's put on a show. And then six weeks later, with an incredible committee of professionals in this community, we did an event for 600 people and marriage equality did pass. Now, I don't think that's just because of us, but uh, we were able to be a part of it. And we have been doing it every year since. And I don't think I need to tell you all what's happening with the LBGTQIA community is in dire straits. Marriage did pass, but they are trying every day to take away civil rights for those in the LBGTQIA community. Um, we are fighting against that, and I hope you join us. Every chef worth his salt in this city will be there cooking it up at Chefs for Equality. All the mixologists are going to be there. All the good spirits are going to be there. There will be a champagne and caviar lounge, which where 
I will be hanging out most of the night. There is a speed diner. There is drag queens. There are cakes. There is so much fun. Oh, and just when the event ends and you think the party is over, it is just beginning because the after party is at Zebby's and it's going to be so much fun. So chefsforequality.org, get your tickets now. They are selling fast. There are only two chef tables left. You could also just attend the regular event. Lots of ways to enjoy, but I hope to see you all there. Okay, let's get into today's show. So the guests that I started mentioned to before years ago came on Foodie and the Beast, Chanel Turner. She came on to talk about Foudre Vaca. Now, she was only 25 years old at the time. She was a black female and she was the youngest woman to ever create her own spirit and company. She was a force. And here's the thing, she has not slowed down. So aside from creating her own spirit, she's also created the Global Alliance Distribution. It's the leading boutique distributor of artisanal wines and spirits in the DC metro area. And cause that's not enough for her, Chanel launched Bowfest. It is the seventh annual Black Owned Wine and Spirits Festival. It is the largest gathering of its kind across the DMV, and it's going to take place on September 30th, not October 30th. That's just for equality. Um, anyway, we have so much to catch up on because you're doing all the things. Hi, Chanel. How are you? I am well. Thanks for having me back. I'm so excited. I'm so glad to have you here. So, I mean, I'm looking at your gorgeous... Foudre, vodka, but so 25 years old, just barely legal to drink. How did you get into the spirits industry? Well, you know, Nikki, I, I kind of stumbled upon it, to be honest with you. Um, I graduated college and entering into my career as an IT, um, IT worker for the government. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was doing government contracting and still uh, do government contracting from, uh, from time to time. Oh, because you have so much time, but go ahead. <laughs> But um, I was with a group of friends and um, we were drinking. Mm -hmm. As one does. As one does, you know, mm -hmm. at, at 25. And um, we ran out of chaser and no one wanted to drink the straight alcohol that we were consuming at that time. Mm -hmm. And um, one of my friends said to me, you know, it would be great if there was a 40 proof liquor that I could actually drink and just enjoy. Mm -hmm. Not worry about how much it's going to burn, not worry about... You know, um, is it going to taste bad? I just want to have a nice sipping spirit. Mm -hmm. And that kind of just stayed with me for a couple of weeks. And I thought about it, started looking into the industry. And I realized what drew me to the industry specifically was the fact that it's a recession proof industry. I say that. So wait, was this 2008? This was 2009. Okay. Right? So we were, <laughs> we were in a recession. <laughs> this was 2009. And I realized that. What was going on in the world at that time, people were still drinking and people were still celebrating and the sales of spirits were not affected by anything that was happening. Um, that only showed itself to be true as we fast forward into the pandemic. Well, not only that, <laughs> actually, if you think about it, like if you look back at 2008, so the laws had changed in the D.C. metro area mm -hmm. about distilling yep. breweries, yeah. all, like so I think breweries was more like 2005. I don't, don't at me. I, I mean, <laughs> but, um, so we had breweries, beer being created mm -hmm. in the DC market, yep. Maryland, Virginia, like that was all starting and spirits were just starting. But I think the, the recession, a lot of people were like, 
Yeah, I think I'm gonna make some booze. Moose, yeah, right. Very true. Um, and 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 a lot of people did. Uh, a lot of people started the process. Some un- unfortunately were unable to finish mm-hmm. um, because it is a very grueling and lengthy lengthy process. Right. Um, you're talking about finding a distillery to create you know, your idea of a fine spirit, mm-hmm. um, and working with them. If, if they were me, I went through 87 formulas before I chose the one that went in my bottle. Wow. Cause I'm just that particular and you're entering into a space that is somewhat saturated. What? Right. I mean, mm-hmm. vodka, I mean, there's hundreds of vodkas around well, the world. I, I want to ask you why you chose vodka because you know, the, the skinny on vodka mm-hmm. is that, um, it just takes on the form of what it's mixed with. Like vodka is not supposed to have flavor, right? It's just supposed to be alcohol. Pure, cleanse the palate. It's supposed to be tasteless, um, odorless. Mm -hmm. That's vodka. Um, And and the reason why I chose vodka is because vodka can be pretty much made out of anything. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, when you look at some other spirits, um, and let's not even get into tequila today, but when you look at tequilas, Well, you've got tequila, so I know we're going to get into some tequila, (laughs) but go ahead. No, but I mean, everything else required aging and it Mm. took time. Mm. Um, And I was more so looking at, well, in in terms of making sure that I have product readily available, how quickly, you know, how much lead time does my distillery need to get me product? Um, and, and, and planning for planning purposes. And I realized that, you know, vodka is something you can make today and sell tomorrow, whereas everything else requires some time. And I just wanted to create something that, um, was one timeless because vodka has been around forever. Right? right. And to create something that, um, to your point, um, it was the number one selling spirit in the industry at that time. And everyone, if you weren't drinking, you know, between sex and the city with the, with cosmos, the cosmos right? and things of that nature, you know, um, you, you just, you were just out of the loop when it came to spirits. And so, okay. So what did you want the flavor profile of your vodka to be? Well, I wanted exactly what I said. I wanted a vodka that would, uh, be uh, consumable neat or over ice in its raw form, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't want it to be mixed with anything. I wanted something that you can just enjoy over ice. And that's why we call it the over ice experience. Okay. Um, so what is the flavor profile? So what the flavor got? profile for Fudre Vodka, it is infused with four fruits in a root. Uh, those four fruits being pomegranate, mm. the lychee fruit, lychee, lychee, depending on um, where you're where from, you from, right? Um, uh, kiwi, lime are the four fruits. And then the root being ginger. So oh. four fruits in a root. So all of these flavors are naturally infused mm-hmm. into the vodka, creating foodray. Okay. Yeah. I love that. Yes. And so, I mean, if you're watching and you're not just listening, <laughs> but you need to see the architectural design of the bottle. Yes. Because I've never seen ever since or again <laughs> right. anything that looks like your bottle. This Very true is a piece of artwork. It is. So talk to me about the packaging. The packaging was another thing that took a lot of um, time and, and, and we wanted to make sure that we, we created something that was very unique, very different. What we realized um, in the industry when I first started was when you look at the shelf in the liquor stores, the restaurants, bars, of course they categorize all spirits together. Mm -hmm. And what I didn't want to happen was when you look at most vodka bottles, they're clear round bottles Yep. um, with a different label on them for the most part. Mm -hmm. And what I didn't want to be was just another bottle on the shelf. I didn't want to get lost in the sauce. um, And I wanted something that if you're going to stick me with all the vodkas, right, let me create something that will stand apart from all the vodkas. And sure enough, um, 
I came up with this lightning bolt bottle. Um, foudre is a play on the French word for lightning. Mm-hmm. Um, the bottle itself is, um, the glass is manufactured in France. Um, it is uh, dyed in organic ink. Um, it's made of 100% recyclable glass. So it's eco-friendly. Um, it is just a very unique uh, decanter. So it is a, a decanter. <laughs> I love that. It is. It's beautiful. And so how was it received initially when you first brought it out? Because this is almost like before flavored vodka. Mm-hmm. It's totally before mm-hmm. the seltzers and all that stuff. Yes. I mean, you're so ahead of the time so, here. Yes. Right? I mean, initially it was... I had a hard time initially. People don't want to open it because it's so gorgeous, right? <laughs> it's like, well, I want something that that I, I feel comfortable flipping around the bar and it's easy to use. And I just want to line my bar with these. And so that that was the response I was getting. Um, I also got some response. That, that must have been disappointing. It you was. Like, but it's so pretty. You should <laughs> right. open it. Right. Um, another response I got was it was it was a very tall bottle. Um, but outside of that, um, what they did like about it is like it was made for a top shelf. Right. So mm-hmm. it wasn't be it wasn't made to be placed on anybody's middle bottom shelf. It was be it was made to be placed on a top shelf. Um, but the positive was always the juice. Right. The packaging, right. it just complements what's on the inside. And mm-hmm. so the everything that I heard as it relates to the packaging, when I when we talked about the juice, they were like, well, it works. It works. OK. It's it's everything we need it to be. It's it's a, a if I do want to mix it, it's a one mixer type of uh, vodka. I don't have to mix it with a bunch of different things. Um, I can throw some seltzer and lime on it. Um, tonic if I want. I don't so have do to do much. So do you just drink it and sip it? I, I sip it. Can we straight. have some? Can of we course. sip it? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely want to. <laughs> I mean, I have some at home, but mm-hmm. you know, like you forget. Yeah. You know what I mean? It is definitely... A sipping bottle. Okay. Oh, and I got ice. Look at that. Thank you, Chanel. Okay. So you get this out. It's in public. Yes. You're now in the spirit. Now you're in this new world, right? Like you were in the IT, and now you're doing (laughs) spirits. Yes. Um, So see, you don't need the top. You don't. On there, no. if you want to put it behind the bar and you're worried about the height. But I hear what's happening. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, what did you see that was happening out in the spirit world? What was what were you finding? Because it was all new for you. Definitely. You didn't have a mentor. There was nobody like holding your hand. Nope. Chanel, let me help you out. With this, this was this was me figuring it out as I I kind of went along. Mm-hmm. Um, what I realized early on was that representation. Thank you. Um, yes, Thank representation. You. Um, so mm. entering many different, uh, conventions, um, expos, I realized I was the, not only the only woman, I was the only African American woman in mm. the room. And, you know, that can be a, a little dis, discerning, a little bit, a little But wait, did you get a distributor? Like, can we back up for one sure, sec? Sure, sure. So when you created your product. Yes. I've discussed this on the show before, and I know it all depends on where you live and that all the laws are different. Mm -hmm. And who you know. (laughs) Right. Also. But so how did you get this? Because you can't can't just walk into a bar and be like, carry my liquor. So So how did that happen? Okay. So obviously you have to take necessary steps. So you create a product. Now you have a finished product, right? Mm -hmm. A finished product ready for market. Now the hardest thing is now finding a distributor that would like to take on your product. Because without a distributor, there's no way you can sell your product to A, consumers, or B, retailers. Right. Right? So you have to, there's so much red tape that you have to go through 
Um, and they call it the three-tier distribution system, right? So you have the, the manufacturer, brand owner, uh, you have the distributor, and then you have the retailer. Okay. Texas has a four-tier. And so that's a whole nother, yeah, every state has their own laws. But, okay. um, and so here I am as a manufacturer, brand owner, now trying to get my product to market. Now I have to sell it to these distributors in a sense of why this vodka would be a great vodka amongst their hundred vodkas that they have in their sure. portfolio. Um, and so that had its challenges because as a new product on the market, of course, I have no notoriety, right? Mm-hmm. I'm new. Um, and so a lot of the distribution companies were saying, hey, you know, in order for us to pick you up, you're going to need X amount of marketing dollars. And I'm like, man, I just spent all this money creating Create this product. product. How right. where are you spending to get it from? And I did find a small distributor here in Maryland that decided to give us a chance mm-hmm. and uh, pick up our product. Now, that was great. Yeah. You know, here it is, home state, and now I have distribution here. But what I realized very quickly was the smaller distributors, um, they they want to work close with you, but you have to do a lot of the legwork yourself. Mm. And while, whereas the larger distributors, um, they will get you where you need to be, but you have to have the cash to make it happen. Sure. <laughs> if you don't have the cash to make it happen, then you're left with um, obviously trying to find a small distributor to pick you up and you have to work very closely with them. Mm-hmm. You have to, um, it's a real partnership. It's a real partnership and mm-hmm. you have to be willing to roll up your sleeves and, and get your hands dirty a little bit. Um, cause they're going to go out and fight for your brand. But as a small distributor, understand their market share is so much smaller than the, the major guys. Mm-hmm. Right. So they, they need for you and your team to come together with their team to make this all happen. Sure. Um, and so we got with a smaller distributor and I kind of started learning the distribution side of things. And I decided, um, you know, maybe seven, eight months into it that maybe I'll take on this role for my own product and, and self-distribute. Now, can you do that? You can. Okay. Not in every state. I feel like my voice went up when I asked that. <laughs> Is that something that you can Legally, do? yes. Okay. Legally, you can self, you can become your own wholesaler. Obviously, for the state of, I live in the state of Maryland. Okay. Um, so for the state of Maryland, there's a very thick packet and a very long checklist that mm-hmm. you must uh, fulfill to get a distribution license. So you but- can create your own product. Yes, you can. And then you can distribute it. That is correct. Okay. Yes. And so um, I met the criteria for the state of Maryland. Um, I had to get a licensed and bonded warehouse. I had to do more than I wanted to, but I wanted to have full control of my product. It was my baby. Yeah. And so um, because I was doing all of the heavy lifting anyway, I, I kind of wanted to get into the distribution side of things and, and work one-on-one with the retailers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I did just that, and and that was a very interesting space to enter in. I'll say that um, because now I can negotiate my own pricing, right? right? Whereas when I was selling to my distributor, I sell it to him for a price, and that was it. Whatever whatever he right, sells right, it right, for, happen, happen, right. right? I couldn't control the pricing in the store. I couldn't. There was I just didn't have as much control. So me being my own distributor allowed me to control the margins, control the promos that I wanted to do, Mm -hmm. which allowed me to grow my market share that much quicker because I can say, hey, if you buy five cases, I can throw you a couple bottles. You know, the distributor is probably not going to do that. Right. Right. They want to eat as much profit margin, you know, profit as possible. So um, that definitely worked in my favor. Okay. Yes. And so at what point were you like, okay, I'm doing a really good job here. Yeah. I'm shaking hands because you had to create your own contact That's list, right. That's right? right. You yep. didn't know all the restaurant tours. You didn't know all the <laughs> uh, liquor stores, correct. wine stores, all the different correct. stores. Correct. Um, 
I'm not even going to ask about like the big stores. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. the total, total lines and, and all that. Yep. So, you, you know, you're starting from scratch, creating your own relationships. Correct. So once you start having a good Rolodex. Yep. And Rubbing getting, elbows and. Yeah. yeah. Doing all the things, <laughs> keeping your base, you know, having a base. I yep. know you, you know them. Then you're here. Mm-hmm. And when were you like, I got to help other people. Well, wow. So that came. So it's, it's, it's funny you say that. So as I was entering in the industry, as I said, I meant, I realized that there weren't, there wasn't any real representation from an African-American black standpoint of things, right? Or women. I would walk into a room. I would be the only black woman. I would be the only woman. Um, for spirits. For spirits. For spirits. Mm-hmm. And, and so. Um, On both. Wait, let me just clarify that. Yes. When you say that. We're talking as the manufacturer as of owner, a product yep. and as the distributor. Separate. Like yeah. as two like Yeah. Well, I'm more so talking about as a manufacturer product. Right. On the distributor side, even today, I, there's it's very it's very white. Very yeah. No, I mean I, I mean <laughs> there's a tasting going on right over there of wine in the wine layer. I mean it's, I mean, it's let's, the nature of the beast. At the right. Moment. It is. It is what it is. And so, um, there are very few black distributors, mm. um, um, in in the industry period, much less in the state of Maryland. Okay. But I, I say all that to say, Black Wall Street did an um, article on the fifteen um, best black owned wine and spirits you should know about. Mm-hmm. And I, so I'm reading the article because I'm like, man, I didn't even again didn't know of any others, right? Right. Um. And I'm reading, and I happen to see that we made the list. I was so excited. I'm like, oh, Kudre made the list. But as I looked at the list, I realized I didn't know any of these other people. And you're like, I and need I, to know these people. I need to know these people. Sure. I didn't even know they existed so that whenever there are conventions and expos, we can come together yeah. and do it together, right? We can have representation together. And so um, it dawned on me that I have to know who these individuals are. And so my team and I, we started discussing that in more detail and a colleague of mine said, you know, it would be great if there was a platform just for blacks in this industry. Mm. And I was like, and this was in 2015. I was like, you're right, because there is no platform. If you look at all the um, events in, um, in the industry, whether they're trade events, expos, it, whatever, conventions, nightclub and bar. I mean, none right. of them are geared towards African-Americans in this industry. Fascinating. And so... We started creating um, a platform to really highlight blacks so in the what, industry. And so what was the initial... So this is different than Global Alliance. Yes, that's is. your distribution. That's my distribution. Now we're talking... All right. So let's talk about Bofest. So Bofest. Let, yes. So let's talk about what the create... So you have this idea. Mm-hmm. So what did you create and how how has it grown? Over because the years. It, it's so different now, right? It is. So let's talk about like its infancy to t- seven years later. Yeah. Um, so the Black Owned Wine and Spirit Festival um, started in 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, our very first year, we were able to uh, bring under one roof 26 Black Owned Wines and Spirits. From um, around the country. From around the country. Okay. Um, and, and all in one room and giving consumers an opportunity to learn about brands they never heard of. Sure. Um, so, so we, it, uh, just to be clear, like, just so people understand, yes. it's not an, it's, it's a twofold event. Yes. It is an industry it event. Is. It is. But it is also for the public. It is also for the public. Right. So initially, um, uh, we have what we call industry night where we allow the. No, this is industry night. Yeah. <laughs> 
Bowls Fest industry yeah, night. I'm sorry. Okay. okay. Um, where we allow the um, brand owners the opportunity to meet with other industry professionals. Mm. And it gives them an opportunity to upsell their product, sure. talk about their product. Because where, where are you going to find another opportunity to meet 26 um, owners and proprietors of a wine or spirit um, in one room? And then, so we just bring as many liquor store owners as we have. So any anybody we forge relationship with for Foudre, we brought them in the room, mm. right? Retailers, restaurant owners, hotels. We brought them in the room and gave other brands the opportunity to speak on their product, try to sell their product into whether it's hospitality, the restaurant, or or the liquor store. Okay, but yes. this is what I have to ask. This is where I get confused. Yes. So let's use Foudre as an example. Okay. Let's say you go to Bofest mm -hmm. and you're talking to a hotel. Yes. But, and the hotel says, yeah, I want that. Mm -hmm. But they have to buy from a distributor. They do have to buy from a so distributor. So they have to go to the distributor. Yes. Right? Yes. They have to go to the distributor that actually carries the product. I can tell you this. You understand what my point, I right? Do. My point is, is like, what if they don't work with that distributor? Correct. Okay. Correct. So the good thing about Bofest is that the company that's bringing all the spirits in is a distribution company. That just happens to be my company, right? <laughs> that just happens to be my company. Because without without the distribution license, I'm unable to do this at the magnitude that I am. Of course. I can't bring in 40, 50 brands from across the world and showcase them. By the law, you know, right. I have to register all those brands. I have to, there's so much that I have to do. So many hoops I have to jump through to make that happen. Mm -hmm. um, and so... Because this event takes place in D.C., the state of Maryland and I, we have a great understanding as to what I'm doing. And um, and then I have my retail partner that comes to the event as a retailer because, again, three-tier right. distribution system. Uh -huh. the, the consumers that are there, they taste the products, they learn about them. Guess what they want to do? Buy them, right? Yeah, there. right there. And guess what they can do? Buy them from the brand owners. No. So we have to set it up in such a way that... It's such bullshit, but it yes, <laughs> I mean, it is. It's such bullshit. It is. Because you see this at like, um, uh, you know, like in wine festivals too. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like people are like, oh, I like your wine, but you have to, it's, yeah, but why? It, it has, it's a reach around. Yeah, it okay. is. But wine does, it doesn't have, it doesn't have as much, um, wine has a little bit more leeway than spirits. I'll say okay. that. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, because of the alcohol percentage, you, you get away with a little bit more with wine than you can with spirits. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so because of the three-tier distribution system, we want to make it well worth the brands that are participating. I mm -hmm. know what it's like, right? Mm -hmm. I know what it's like to uh, go to an expo, spend all my money, sample all this product, and then what did I get out of it? Right. right? I mean, of course, I made some contacts, things of that nature, but I also know how important it is to potentially make money right there on the spot. Yeah. You know how many yeah, people, sure. how many expos I've done and I probably could have sold out every sample bottle I had there if I was able to sell. Mm -hmm. So what makes our festival so different and what sets us apart than those other wine and spirit festivals is that they can sell directly on site to the people that attend. Wow. So if you have a great product and, and it shows with some of the brands, they'll sell out within two hours. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Yep. Wow. They'll sell out within two hours because they have a great product. Sure. And for me, as a distributor, I'm watching that. So I'm, I'm there trying to make sure my product is doing well, make sure that the event is going well as well. But more importantly, what brands are consumers gravitating What's to? happening? What's on happening? The floor? Because that's the brand I'm going to want in my portfolio if they're not already in my portfolio. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So Bose Fest. Bose Fest. So 
let's talk about how you're curating it and bringing it in. We'll go back to your distribution, like mm-hmm. at the end, like I want to talk about sort of who you're bringing in and how you're showcasing them as yes. a small boutique firm. Yes. Um, but so how do you go about, like, since you started in 2008, mm-hmm. like in the, you know, 10 plus years that you've been in the business, there has been a huge shift. Oh, yes. In the kind of spirits that are available, who's making the spirits. Yes. Um, more women are, are oh, yes. involved, more African Americans are involved, people of all shapes and sizes. Mm-hmm. But money is not as readily available. Oh no. For some as it is for others. Yeah. Um so how do you go about finding are people applying to you? Like how does this work? So as it relates to Bullsfest and and identifying what brands can participate. Yeah. Um so we do have a registration form. It is highly important that um, there is at least one owner that's 50%, um, percent owner that's black. That is a man. I mean, I would assume that that would be. Oh, you'll be surprised. <laughs> you'll be surprised. Wait, you'll... what? Yes. You'll be surprised where we have. The B is the first letter <laughs> of the fest. Of course. However, <laughs> we do have those that say, well, we have, you know, African Americans or blacks on our staff. It does that. Is that sufficient enough? And trust me, we've heard it all. I mean, okay. <laughs> Come on. Come on, nigga. I mean, I mean they gotta I try. They gotta try. That whole, that, that, that makes me very tense. Okay. I just like, listen, you know, family reunion was at Salamander. Yes, yes. A couple of weeks ago. Yes. And every year the publicist is like, Nikki, do you want to come? And I'm like, of course I want to come. I do. And I know lots of people there and mm-hmm. lots of friends there, but I'm like, it is. Not for me. It's not for you. I, they don't need me there. And I don't, and I'm, A, I'm not taking a media pass from somebody. And B, it's okay. Right. I don't have to be there. Would, right. I, would I kill to be there? Absolutely. Right. But I'm but not you going recognize, to. Yeah. And yeah. I'm not going to because I understand what's understand. happening. That's yeah. why when you tell me that story, I'm like, come on. Yeah. yeah. Seriously? Yeah, but we, yeah. So, but we go through a certain criteria. We, um, you know, we make sure we vet them properly. Um, and then, of course, we, we, we talk with the vendors to identify, you know, how are they a new spirit on the market? Because this uh-huh. is important. Have they done any events like this before? Can I, they handle it? Can they handle it? Uh-huh. We've had many brands launch their product at our festival mm. because they've never introduced their product to a large um, audience before. And mm-hmm. so um, this would be their first time doing something as such. We've had that on so many different occasions. Um, and we try to prepare them as best as possible for that. What to expect? We're expecting anywhere from twelve to fifteen hundred people. So be prepared to sample for twelve to fifteen hundred people. And also right? be prepared to tell your story. And also be prepared to tell your story. And have it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the short version. Short version. <laughs> the short version, because yeah, you have a lot of people there, and a lot of people are going to wear in here. But you want to make sure that you're not saturating too many too many people's times. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So yeah. So okay, you brought in three today. Can we yes. look at these bottles oh, and yes. tell me what you brought in? Yes. So. Um, this is just some of the brands. These are just some of the brands from my distribution profile. We have, um, we have Tusk. Um, and so Tusk is a hemp infused rum and a hemp infused vodka. Um, wait, what? So yeah. is this, it's a vodka and a rum? No, or no, this, this is, is just the rum. rum. <laughs> they have a vodka as well, but they're hemp infused. Um, they're black owned. Okay. Um, that they actually grow beautiful. their hemp in, in Virginia on their, on their own land. Okay. So they're actually growing their own hemp. Can we taste it? Yes, 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 yes. Um, and so this is Tusk. Um, they're very, they're about two years old on the okay. market now. 
And they're out of where? They're out of um, Virginia. What's the significance? Like Mechanicsville area. Okay, what's the significance of the hemp in the gin? Like in the gin? In the, in the rum the, or in the, the vodka? Rum. Yes. Sorry, in the rum. Well, <clears throat> as you know, um, hemp is, is, is good for many different things. Right? Yes, um, okay. Obviously. Um, and so, but it's uh, not THC. Infused. No, not at all. Not at all. Not okay. at all. You're not going to get it. You're not going to get that kind of buzz okay. from, <laughs> from drinking this. Uh-huh. Um, but it does give this, uh, spirit a different flavor profile. Okay. Um, and it definitely, the after effects of it is, is much different than like your regular vodka or your regular rum. Huh? Yeah. You definitely want to taste that. It's very different. Okay. It's very mellow. Okay. Yeah. So. Why don't we get into pouring this? Okay. Now, will they be at Bose Fest? Or yes, they, they will. They will be. So every brand that we distribute in Global Alliance Distribution Portfolio, that is Black-owned. Okay. That is Black-owned does participate. Okay. So Tusk is a Black-owned brand. They will be there. They'll be in participation. I'll open this for you. Thank you. And um, <clears throat> we can expect to see them sampling. and. Uh, so they'll sample both their products. Both there. the rum and the vodka. Um, and they'll also... As most vendors do, because we encourage them to do so, uh, we make sure that they uh, show the versatility of their product. What can your product do? Interesting. Right? So cocktails. Correct. Okay. Um, because it's very important. You'll have people that attend the event that don't drink straight alcohol, right? And they want to taste it. <laughs> I mean, I seriously, yeah. I would be one of them. Right. I can sip, sip it. Right. Like, you know, I... I will certainly take a sip, right? But I'm not gonna like, yeah, sit around and drink, drink straight correct. booze, like unless it's wine, right? <laughs> That's my mom. <laughs> but no, seriously. And so you'll have people, even when we do tastings at a liquor store, if it's only if there's no cocktail there, there a person will say, "Oh, I'm okay," and if we'll say, "But try it in a cocktail," and they try it in a cocktail, it's like, "Oh, that's oh, really good," right? And and then they buy the bottle. Um, and so this is the same concept at the festival. It's but like, you know, I feel like. You are, to me, a really incredible mentor yes. or or business coach or, yes. or something. I don't know. I need the right, right word for you because you went through it on your own. Mm-hmm. So you're able to say, to, you know, listen, you went through it on your own. And, you know, just like when you brought it to a bar and the guy was like, yeah, it's beautiful, but it's too tall. Yeah. Or it's, you know, or it's beautiful, but I don't want to over like all the, all your blood, sweat and tears. Thank you. Yes. All your blood, sweat and tears, like hearing that. It's not criticism. Right. It's constructive. It's constructive. But the first time you hear it, you're like, Oh my father. Uh-huh. Or this but, is but my, it, this is what I'm doing. Yes. Like, do you know what I mean? But it so gives you tough skin. Right. And, but, it, but it allows you to give them a yellow brick road and be yes. like, don't not do a, this. Don't not everybody's going to love everything yep. you're doing. Yep. It's okay. Mm-hmm. You can stick to your tenants on something. Right. But at the end of the day, you want to sell your product. Right. Yep. So you're giving them so much information. The nuggets, the nuggets, the, the nuggets, which are like everything that I went through, right? Mm-hmm. As it relates to all the pitfalls that I kind of fell into. Mm-hmm. A lot of the brands that I either distribute or I've mentored, I've tried to help them avoid those pitfalls, mm-hmm. right? This is an industry that is, you'll pay to learn literally. And yeah. yeah. Literally, if you're not careful and resources don't come that easy. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is, an, it, this is an industry. I tell people who come to me and say, hey, I want to start my product. I say, do you have um, at least five years 
to build a brand, mm. right? Because that's what it's going to take to at least start and build a brand. And then another three to actually help fund it, right? Because that's what it's going to take. Mm-hmm. A lot of it, the big distributors, like yeah, most people are thinking, oh, I'll just, you know, distill my vodka mm-hmm. or create my gin yeah. or, you know, put a char on something, yep. right? right? And then, and then it's going to be so good yeah. that everybody's going Everybody to love it. it. Yep. And right? Yep. I've had brands that started after me and didn't last two, three years because they just, they came into this industry with the wrong uh, mind frame. You know, mm-hmm. they, they came into this industry thinking they're going to make a lot of money. This is not an industry that you make a lot of money unless you have the resources to make that money. Right. Unless you know the people to make that money. Mm-hmm. Right. This is a people industry. Right? right. You can get by with having little resources if you have the right connections. Because mm-hmm. the right connections will get you where you need to be. Right. I, mean, I didn't have a lot of money, but the right connections got me to the different heights that I'm at today. Interesting. So. Very, very interesting. Okay. So, so that's- let's, this is very... So this does not taste like rum. Oh, see, but it is. Am I wrong? But that's what the, the hell. So is it made out of sugar? This is uh, molasses. Molasses. Okay. Yes. But it's clear. Clear. Interesting. And this is being distilled in Waynesboro, um, Virginia. Yeah. I mean, I can't put my finger on what it tastes like, hmm. but it has, it's a very pleasant flavor. Mm-hmm. No sting. Right. No burn. Right. No burn at all. And it's 80 proof. This is the 80 proof. Wow. Yep. Very interesting. So we have Tusk. We also have Tolero Tequila. Now, Tolero Tequila is the first and only organic tequila on the market today. It's black owned. Um, Wait, it's the only organic? Organic. Like? The the agave. The agave. (laughs) It's the only one? Yes. And certified at that. Because you would... Think that there would be more, more. organic. There's so the certification much. for that, um, as the owner tells me, is, is grueling. I it no really, doubt. really is. Yeah. Um, but they went through it because they they found that it was very important. It would set them apart, which it has. I have um, no doubt. Tolero Tequila has been on the market for, and they're the only black owned tequila brand. Oh no, there's many. Okay, that's oh. what I thought. Oh, we could get into that. I mean, in the last, I would have to say, three years. Um, tequila is, is the most creative spirit in the last three years, especially. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, cause all these celebrities exactly. got into the game. They're like, yeah, I'll make it tequila. Uh-huh. uh-huh. So, I mean. Th- this Talk about was- money. Man. Have that money. Right. You know, it's not really their brand, but you know. They got the face and they have the money. That's, okay. that's, no, and, and that's what, that's what will sell it for them. And that's what brand owners need to understand. Like they can have a bad taste of tequila, but because of who they are, it will sell. Yeah, hi. I mean, listen, Dom Perignon is a perfectly delicious champagne. <laughs> mm-hmm. It is. It's delicious. Mm-hmm. But you and I both know that there are these little grower champagne mm-hmm. um, boutique places yeah. oh, all yeah. over Champagne all over with that, the most delicious, oh my gosh, yes. gorgeous. Yes. And also that it changes every year. Yeah. You know, it's more it's more about the fruit. Right. But the budget. Yep of Dom mm. is just so massive yep. that, and what I find the most frustrating about that, and I'm sure you can relate to this, is that if I showed up to a birthday party, somebody's birthday, mm-hmm. and I actually spent the kind of money on a bottle of Dom, let's mm. just say. Let's just say. Okay, but I walk in with that. But I instead come in with a better, mm-hmm. just as valuable, mm-hmm. but maybe not as expensive, mm-hmm. bottle of bubbly. 
but it's better. Yep. It wouldn't be as well received. It's not as well received no. because nobody knows. Nobody knows who it is. Nobody knows who it is. People, yep. People, right. people, they gravitate to what's marketed and pushed to them. Unfortunately, it doesn't matter how bad or good it is. Well, it's when it comes to purses, but that part aside. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm no. a label whore. I can't yeah. help myself on and, that. And line. a lot of people are, and that's right. okay. I, I, I hate to admit it. I, to, to, I'm a label whore at times too. Okay. And, and, and it's okay. But I think it's also very important that in, when it comes to like food and beverage, clothes and things like that is one thing. Food and beverage, I think you give, um, everything an opportunity. I right? agree. You know, try it at least once. All right. Let's try the tequila. All right. So this is so the- now what is it about it being organic that is so that, that provides the value to the agave? And I want to say it's called, because we haven't mentioned it, it's called Tolero Tequila. Tolero Tequila, yes. Uh-huh. Agave uh, Azul. Agave Azul. What does Azul mean? Um, so, uh, Azul being blue. Blue, blue that's what I thought. Yeah, blue, so agave, blue agave. 100% okay. blue agave. Uh-huh. Um, now, this, where <clears throat> not a lot of tequila, this is made in Jalisco, and um, which... The agave that's grown in Jalisco is a lot different than the agave that's grown, say... In, um, I can't think of the other area, uh, but I know yeah. what you're talking yes. about. So, um, because it's in a higher altitude, mm-hmm. it, it has a different flavor profile. It's a lot different. This is actually one I am not a custom Amigos brand, and it's not because, you know, I, I, I carry all these different brands. I have six tequilas in my portfolio. Okay. Right. And this by far is my favorite. Okay, that's right. I'm going to try it. This is by far my favorite. Okay. And price point wise, see, and this is what we're talking about. Um, Tolero tequila price point wise is very comparable. Very, very comparable. Okay. Yes. Interesting. Um, so this will also be yes. at the festival. <laughs> yes. All right. This is also black owned and they're um HU graduates, Howard. Oh. Yes. Oh my god, isn't that fun? <laughs> Maybe taste of the day. What is your spirit of choice? Wine. Spirit of choice. <laughs> if you had to drink a spirit, if somebody, if you so were so. I'll be honest with you. None. I, no, it's not none. I am very adaptable. Okay. This is delicious. Yes. I love the tequila. Um, the hemp one, I'd have to, like, that one would have to be in a cocktail. Cocktail. But I'm, if you've listened to the show or mm-hmm. heard me talk about cocktails before, People pour me cocktails all the time. Yes. And I have had ones that I'm like, oh, this is delicious. Yes. I have others where I'm like, I, my biggest complaint about cocktails is the sugar content. Uh, yes. I like a very clean cocktail. Mm-hmm. I don't mind a little bit of spice. Yeah. Ooh, um, okay. I really don't. Like, okay. I love like, and so I'm, I don't mind. I like brown liquor. I like all the all liquors. Okay. So none of the liquors are bad, bad for, for me. Okay. I just don't. I'm not a gin person, so. I, you're not? No. So I don't mind gin. Okay. I actually really like it. Those junipers get to you. <laughs> yeah. So um, I think it just depends. Um, I like all of it. It's really about the balance of the cocktail. Yeah. Okay. So it's not my go-to, but when someone pours me one and it's good. It like, doesn't matter what the spirit is, as long as it's good. As long as it's clean. good. For me, the biggest issue is, is that um, I'm a really fast drinker. Oh. I consume things quickly. quickly. So when it comes to cocktails, <laughs> gotta slow down. this girl's got to be careful. Yeah, she'll be on the floor of yeah. the bathroom okay. later that night. But wine, you can sip all day. Wine, I can just do. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, 
Um, but that's like, that's why doing this is so easy for me yeah. because I, I really do have a palate right. for all of it. Okay. Do you know what I mean? And over the years, I've really can, I can taste a profile of mm -hmm. things and really understand it. Okay. What's your favorite? Actually, you know, the last, so while I did create a vodka, my spirit of choice, I would have to say the last five to six years has been bourbon and whiskey. Okay. I've been getting, Brown liquor. I've been getting into the, uh, the older I get, and then, you know, we won't discuss my age today, but the older I okay, get, <laughs> um, the more, the more I'm into brown, the, you know, and not even cognacs because cognac is too sweet for me. Yeah. So, cognac's way too yeah, sweet for me. Yeah. So I can't do that, but the bourbons and whiskeys I can do. So it's funny. I can do bourbons and whiskeys too. I think people are always surprised when you, when I'm like, it's sweet. Yeah. Like I don't love it. Because it's too sweet. sweet. Right. You know what I mean? Like you talk about like an old fashioned or something yeah. like that. I'm yes. like, it's sugary. Like yeah. it's a lot of sugar for me. No. Now that's a mental thing. Okay. I think as uh, a mental thing for me about alcohol. Okay. Right now. I know there's plenty of calories in your wine. Mm -hmm. I do know yes. that. But to me, there's something like mental that sort of sticks out about cocktails and how high calorie they are. Yeah. And um, I remember the very first time I heard that. Gina Tresorvani came on my show. This is, you know, 15 years ago. And she was making low-calorie cocktails. And I was like, really? Because they're such so high-calorie. And she's like... You wouldn't believe it. She's like, do you know how many calories are in a cocktail? And when she told me that, my head went like this. I was like, why didn't anybody tell me that before? I, I mean, between all the mixers and the syrups and the cordials and I all... I mean, obviously. Yeah. I know. But like now today, when you see... Um, what are those? Uh, the seltzers? The ready-to-drink. Yeah, the yeah. hard seltzers. Yeah. And I always say to my daughter, I was like, we had wine coolers. Yeah. They were like 400 calories. Like I had no idea that I was heavy because right. I was drinking all those wine coolers. Very true. <laughs> you know what I That's mean? true, actually. Nobody told me I used that. To sneak, was... I used to sneak my mom's wine coolers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we would be drinking them at a party, like all yeah. well, that sickly, yeah. syrupy. Oh, God, I get sick I, just thinking about it. Yeah, we couldn't do that today. You could not do that today. Oh, God, no. But like I didn't know. Yeah. I mean, I guess I should But your palate was different then. Oh, no. I mean, if you want to talk about palate growth, that's a different story. Yeah. When I started with wine, the first wine poured for me, not to drink, drink, not like out with my parents, like traveling and stuff like that. I mean, I had wine. Yes. But like we were going to a party in college. We were born white Zinfandel. Oh, boy. Oh, I know. <laughs> but, you know, but you got to start somewhere. Nothing against anyone. Nothing against Listen, there's lots of people who drink that shit, but... <laughs> But honestly, over the years, like my palate, your palate grows. grows and does. I don't think it's an age thing. I think it, your palate gets educated. Okay. And the taste change over the years. Like you're drinking bourbon. Very true. Right? That's true. You started with vodka. That's right. <laughs> and you started with a vodka with a flavored vodka. Correct. Like this to me is like a starter. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's delicious. Yeah. And I see why at 25 you wanted it. Right. But I also see now why... 10 plus years later, yes. you're like, I'll take that whiskey. Yeah. Yep. Do you know what I mean? And, it, and it's usually neat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like sugary, fancy cocktails. It's just not my thing. No, me either. Yeah. I hear you on that. Okay. So let's get the hard details on the festival. Hard details on the festival. So this year we try to, you know, this year we're at the Navy Yard. Mm -hmm. So we're at uh, Capital Turnaround, which is a gorgeous venue. If you've never been there before. Um, it's off of, uh, 700 and M street. Okay. Um, uh, September 30th from two to 7 PM, um, doors open, uh, for, uh, industry at 1 PM. So 
any liquor store owners, uh, food and beverage managers, anybody who's get a decision tushy, maker. Get your tushies there. If you head to bullsfest.com, you can just uh, register. Um, it's free for industry because okay. we, we, we want them to come. We want them to be a part of the event. Sure. They can just register themselves and they can show up at 1 p.m. The doors open for them at 1 and 2 for general. Okay, great. Yes. And then for... Global Alliance Distribution. Yes. If people are, because it's not, you don't just feature black though. No. So I life. have many other brands. Um, one of my uh, newest, and I'll say new because it's been over the past three years, um, is a new vodka we have called Wisher. Wisher vodka is a vodka made from beets, uh, which Ooh. is very different. Oh, I um, bet. Yes, very different. And the taste is phenomenal. I was shocked when I tried it. Okay. Um, and so, um, it's, um, uh, two sisters, uh, twins. Um, they're from, uh, like Gaithersburg area. They're local. Right. And, um, uh, they wanted to create a vodka because one of the sister has a serious allergy to gluten, to pretty much everything. <gasps> it's um, a gluten free vodka. It is a gluten free vodka. It is a everything vodka. It doesn't have pretty much nothing in it. Wow. Um, and, um, so. That's one of our newest products um, that's doing very well. Okay. Um, we have uh, another tequila called La Leyenda. They're based out of California. Uh -huh. And they're up there with your um, ca Casamigos. Okay. Um, and so, and they do very well. Cool. Uh, so we, we have many, we just have many other brands. Wines, we don't only sell spirits, we sell wines. Right. The only thing we don't have as of yet, and I would love to get in our portfolio at some point, um, is beer. Um, bear is not something we've carried in our portfolio to date. And, mm -hmm. um, but I definitely, uh, I'm seeing a lot more African Americans getting into the bear space in the craft bear space. That's true. And I, I would love to work with someone. Anyone. Excellent. Yeah. I love that. All right. Well, listen, I am so thrilled to see you yes. and to sit and chat and drink with you yeah. as always. <laughs> as always. Tell everybody, please, where they can find you on Instagram, yes. where they can find the info again on yes. the festival. And, um, you know, if they got a product, yeah. how they get in front of you. All right. So for the festival, it'll be BoastFest at BoastFest or BoastFest.com. Mm -hmm. uh, for Global Alliance, it's GlobalAllianceDistribution.com or Global Alliance on Instagram and Facebook. Um, you can always reach me, uh, Chanel at CEO underscore FD on Instagram or just Chanel Turner on Facebook. Um, and, yeah, look forward to seeing everybody this September 30th, uh, 2 to 7. Excellent. Thank yes. you so much. Thank okay, you. I'm just going to wrap it up. Uh, and I want to thank you all for joining me today. I am going to be out of town for a couple of weeks, but you won't really miss me because be I've done so much content. You guys will be like totally in it, but it is my last show at the wine there uh, for now. Um, and I can't wait to see you in a few weeks at my newest location. Um, so everybody, there's so much going on out there, not just this festival, which sounds amazing, yes. but so many other food and wine events are happening all over the DC metro area. It is insane out there. Go to the list. Are you on it.com? You'll see all the events. You'll see everything you heard about here and more. Um, tune into Foodie and the Beast. There'll be some oldies, but goodies airing every Sunday on 1500 or you can download, check out YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you have any questions about today's show or any of the shows, you just reach out to me on any of the platforms at NYCCI, N-E-L-L-I-S, and I'm happy to answer your questions. So lots of good eating, lots of good drinking. It's all there for you to do. Be safe and have a delicious week.
produced by Heartcast Media.